0: Marketing Mindset, the growth hacker's guide to business success. Join us with conversations with the world's leading experts, covering their biggest insights from years of experience. We also host deep dives into the latest innovations in marketing, to the most successful time-worn strategies that you can start using today.
1: I genuinely believe that effective marketing is about helping somebody come to a decision with which they remain happy, even if that's not to buy from you. I always used to write to people saying, you know, where are you? Where have you gone? At least direct, punchy, and you get widows writing back saying, my husband has gone to the other side. Oh, god, you know, this is this is this, this is not good.
0: The Marketing Mindset podcast is hosted by me, Sam Harris, and my business, Postery, the leading solution of personalised marketing, with the mission to rid the world of spam. Hello, hello. Today we have Mike Follett, the CEO of Lumen's Research, on the podcast. They build eye-tracking software that helps companies see what people are actually looking at and thinking about when they interact with their software and marketing materials. So this directly relates to my old job at Crowd Emotion where I tracked human emotions and it's, it's just pretty freaky, cool and just incredibly fascinating stuff. After a career providing businesses with insights for their marketing and advertising... He is pretty much the perfect human being for giving us all some insight into marketing and advertising. He has some possibly scary realizations on human behaviour that we should all learn, and some great tips on what you should and shouldn't spend your money on. And without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. What would you say are the biggest three tips for success in advertising and marketing from all your research
1: and what about Experience. advertising, if you're, if you're doing your own ads, or about advertising and, and, and selling a company like ours? You know, uh, we could do both. Yes. Like. Okay. Yeah. So if you're making your own ads, mm-hmm. especially online ads, you have to remember that you're lucky if you get two seconds of attention, that's your lot. And so the most important thing is to remember that you're, you're basically making a poster whether it's a poster on Facebook, or a poster on uh, for a banner ad, or even really a poster on 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 YouTube, um, you're not making a really, really astonishing, you know, web TV ad or, or anything. And you're not making either a, or like a direct mail piece where you can itemize all the various wonderful benefits of these. Basically, it's just a poster. Um, and, and that's the same whether you're Tesco, or Chanel, or, a startup and if you understand that as a startup then you have an enormous advantage over everybody else because people put far too much stuff in ads and so the second thing I'd say is that no one likes reading words are overrated and if you can say it in a picture and a logo and a color Then it'll get much better attention and and more uh, more engagement than saying it as an essay or a long long copy um, ad. And then the third thing I'd say is it's worth paying for quality when it comes to media. Most ads get ignored and so when you're buying the cheap stuff that tends to be the stuff that's most likely to get ignored. So it's probably worthwhile thinking about how do you get hold of ads that are more like, that actually likely to get looked at rather than the ones that are almost definitely going to get ignored. So yes, think think like a poster, look rather than read, and pay for quality. As for marketing a company like ours, I, I don't know if I have much good advice about that. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we've found is that no one cares about your technology. The actual how you do it is nowhere near as interesting as what you do for customers. People are interested in what they do rather than what you do and how you can help them do what they do rather than, you know, the, the, you know we've got patents and we've got amazing technology and all of that. No one gives a monkeys about that. We, we find it hard to make people care about that. Whereas, you know, the the stuff that's about, you know, we help this company make some money, mm. that's the bit that they're interested in. Mm. Which again is quite because you're so excited about your own company. Mm. You know what I've done, and then we did this, and then we did this, and you know, and then you realise it's just like hearing about other people's dreams. You know, mm. you know, you. I'm sure that was really important to you in the middle of the night, <laughs> but we're not there now. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, that's really. Kind of mindful approach of yeah, assessing how people actually think and telling them things that's useful rather than making your own ads all about yourself. I yeah, right,
1: that, right, I suppose that exactly. You could probably take that that exactly when actually making off ads as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the what you actually show people. Yeah, 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 definitely. Cool. And then any
0: big mistakes you see people make that in their advertising or in their
1: advertising? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think people often think. What harm can it do to add an extra thing? You, know, you, know, you see lots of ads with the little Facebook sign and the Google App Store sign and this and that and the other on these things. And you go, you know, what harm is that doing to the ad to add all these extra elements in? And we find that less really is more. Every, you know, it depends for advertiser to advertiser, but you know, for every extra element you add in your ads, you can degrade the attention by... I know 10% or 15%. So there really is, you know, the simple stuff does much better than the complicated stuff time and again. And then I suppose that the other assumption is that people care about all the different product features and product benefits and things like that. You see ads with loads and loads of bullet points or, or or ads that require you to sit through the whole ad to get to the point or to deliver all these wonderful things that like our stuff does this and this and this and this. And you go. No one has to look at this stuff, and no one's forcing them to, and so they don't. <laughs> so remembering that sort of stuff is—it's hard to do because choosing between things is really, really difficult. Like, you know, should I say this or should I say that? Well, the easiest thing to say—well, I say both. Yeah. But actually, saying both means that neither of them get through, and so that can be really hard. You can just see people you know these sort of you know, grimace in 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 I like, I don't want to choose I want to say both things or th- all, all four or th- all 10 things but unless you do choose then then you're going to be ultimately going to be hurting yourself mm.
0: kind of goes back to the very first conversation about being a little bit good at everything and trying to do everything versus sort of just focusing on one thing and but yeah it's really hard and Sure, a million listeners as well as me are just kind of like face slapping themselves for the amount of times that they have had a choice to make and couldn't decide and went for both when actually that was definitely the worst choice out of like yeah, the three yeah. potential choices which you have is one content, the other content, or both. Like, you've made the
1: worst choice by not choosing between the two. But what's nuts is, is that it's so easy to do this about other people's businesses.
0: Mm, you know, so, so
1: when I'm faced with having to choose between one or, or other thing, it's just as hard for me. Mm. That's the frustrating thing about it. Other people's mm. easy businesses are easy to run, you know. Get a second opinion always. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like... You know, it's quite useful having a chat like this with you because you, mm. you know, as a sort of educated outsider, you, you think, you know, it's the conversation mm. that promotes the, the thinking. You have all of these things that you know to be true, but until you say them or until someone challenges, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you might not actually act on them. Mm. Like being an entrepreneur is great and getting tips from mentors is great.
0: But also mentoring people you can sometimes learn just as much
1: yeah by yeah.
0: telling them the problems that you faced and you haven't actually yet fixed properly but that they're about to face and then you realize oh this is how I actually need to sort my life out right now and yeah yeah what you need to do is this you know, yeah. uh, and I go uh-huh. yeah that's what I need to do <laughs> yeah yeah, definitely cool because I guess you've been involved in quite a lot of campaigns now what would you say was the worst campaign
1: you're ever involved in oh Christ that's um it's a bit unfair, that, because of course it takes two to tango, that, that's hard. I can remember I worked on a, uh, a cat food brand called Felix, which is a brilliant idea, which mm. is, and the insight there is, no one cares about your bloody cat food, they just care about the cats, you know, and, and cats do funny things. And I made a series, not one, but a series of ads that um, were mainly about cat food and ignored that advice entirely. Um, and, and they were very boring, and they didn't work as well. And you know, it was they, they were. And and I and I think I knew at the time. Actually, I definitely knew at the time that we were doing the wrong thing. But instead of challenging the client and saying, "Listen, honest or, or coming up with a really good enough answer about why we should do the right thing, eventually just going, "Oh, let them do what they want. If it's a mistake, it's it's their money. But of course, it's not their money. It's your job to make it good." So. Mm. I made some pretty ropey ads in my time, but I think if you look at anyone who's worked in ads, they've always they've always made some bad stuff. You know, mm. there's, the, there's a difficult second album for everyone. I think. That, yeah,
0: definitely. That's quite interesting the way you kind of admitted to the mistake. That you sort of knew that you were doing the bad thing, but then didn't like.
1: Well, it gets so late like, at night, and yeah, you know, sure. uh, you know, every, there's a everyone's got a sort of you know, you want to, you want to you start off all these places wanting to do the right thing. And then the other thing is that when you when you when you work in a creative industry it's commercial but it's creative you put yourself into it and what you forget when you're making it I mean of course I didn't have to write the ads myself. I was just a planner I was a strategist I wasn't the the guy who was coming up mm. with pretty pictures or anything you know but I was involved in it but what you see is that the people that you 're making it for they themselves are under pressure you know there are people in their organizations who have other agendas and and, 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 and other other desires and that your clients might think it's crap too, but their bosses wanted it to be that way. Or, you know, so when when you see something absolutely terrible on TV, mm. I imagine the blame goes a long way each way. You know, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, I've certainly
0: worked on some projects where you try to fight really hard for what should be the right thing, but after a while, you kind of just give up because they just constantly ignore your advice. And you're like, well, you're paying me to do this thing, so I'm just going to do it. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah whatever and yeah i'm never going to show anyone what i've done no no, no, no. My, my um
1: yeah my my, my um, sister-in-law she she's a journalist and for some projects she'll use a, a very different name yeah you know that's you know yeah. uh, it's a bit it, it, i think the other thing about it is that you, you know most things are crap mm. just in life just most yeah. things are and good stuff is rare and no matter how good you are mm. Even then, most things are. Yeah. So you just have to accept that not everything is going to be to be brilliant. Yeah. You know, like having. Do you play poker? Uh, yes. I, do. I don't. So I, you'll know more about this than me. But apparently, like the world's best poker players, they have a win rate of like fifty-four percent mm. or something like that. It's better than average. You know, it, it's enough to make sure that they play. 100 games and they will make yeah. enough profit to do it but that still means they lose a lot of poker games mm.
0: yeah, that's really interesting i still find it really odd that you can have like a crazy big budget movie and it just comes out and it's crap and you're like how are so many people involved in this movie and they've just yeah, all yeah. resigned to be like yeah i don't get it either mate oh, yeah but yeah, right. like, what
1: <laughs> what yeah and then they still release it and you're like what yeah <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, and, and especially strange. with like movies, though, as well. That you, the other thing about it is that your your gut can be telling you one thing, but mm. you're. I when you lots of people when they make movies, my very occasion you'll know that you've got an absolute dog, but I bet that most people go in thinking, you know what, this could be pretty good. Mm. This I don't know. I, I who knows, but this could be really good, and then it's not until it gets to the cinemas or the streaming services mm. that you realise oh, good God, what have we made? This is appalling. So yeah. <laughs> this this really edgy decision that I thought was going to work out. Yeah. yeah, that didn't work out, you know. Yeah,
0: but, I've definitely been getting a bit more confident at trying some, like, some kind of humour that's, like, a bit borderline, maybe it isn't that funny, and it certainly helps a lot to just ask people to listen to it sometimes, because some of it just makes lots of sense and it's quite funny, and sometimes I just sound like I'm being offensive and...
1: Yeah, I'm going to piss yeah. off my
0: listeners. And <laughs> it's just so usual to have a second opinion and be like, okay, it was in my head and it made sense to me because I'd already thought about it. But then actually listening back to it, I kind of maybe I'll explain the point for like 20 seconds too long. And so you kind of lose track of what the first joke is then yeah, yeah. getting to at the end. Oh, you and don't realize
1: that it, this was the bit of it yeah, that actually yeah. made it funny. Just, you know, you know, yeah. you thought it was, in you know, a, like... But even I was listening to uh, Eric Idle on the radio just talking about how he, you know, you, you, know, you know, you write stuff. And with Monty Python, apparently, he was saying that they have like a... He had a 50% hit rate on working out what jokes people are going to find funny mm. and what they what they didn't. So yeah, it's just, I don't know if you know that song, Eric the Half a Bee. You should go and listen to the word song, Eric the Half a Bee. And he wrote that as a bit of, you know, in 20 minutes with John Cleese and thought it was pretty crap. And now it's become mm. like... The song that he's most famous for, you know, and you, 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 you know, until the until it gets out into the world, sometimes mm. you just don't know, you know, yeah, what. That's true. And we have this with business all the time. I'm like, I sometimes we come up with new features or new 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 bits, and you go, <laughs> Client A asked for this, so there's definitely market need for it. Someone wants this, so you do it, and you go right off into the world, you know. Mm. And it's been market tested; it's gonna be fun. And then it just sort of. Most people go. Oh, why would you want to do that? That's a bit of a waste of time. Whereas other times you go. Oh, we've got this little other bit, you know, add on, and that's the thing that people people take. Mm. You know, you you, you 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 can't necessarily predict it. But what you can do is sort of like you're doing with getting people. To listen, you can you can listen to what people give you feedback. Yeah, definitely. Really, listen to that really quickly.
0: That's mm. you know? So it's so annoying when you talk to entrepreneurs or people that have an idea and then they won't tell you the idea, and you're like. Oh my God, <laughs> the most important thing in your life right now is to tell people your idea. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> stop any work on this idea and just like find out what people think. And, well, we,
1: and I think we have this as well for, I and mean, exactly that with, with clients, where when we started, we thought, quite rightly, we'd discovered mm. something really important. Like, do mm. you know that like four out of five ads don't get looked at? And then there are some websites where they really do get looked at and some where they don't. This is really valid. If you knew this, it could totally change your 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 business. And that is a really big deal. But until you tell someone, well, they go, well, and so what? What, what, what are those sites then? You go, well, if I told you, I'd have told you. Mm-hmm. And the guys go, well, if you don't tell me, I can't know if you're telling mm. the truth or, or, or if, you're, if it's useful or not. And, and so when you start off, especially with an information business, you've got to like, we've got all this really cool information we can't tell anyone because otherwise it'll go, it, that'll, it'll be the, the cat out of the bag. And what you have to remember is that most, no one's going to steal your idea. <laughs> you know, you, you have to be really generous with your thinking. <laughs> tell everyone about it. You know, let them see, see under the hood and give away loads of the, 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 the data. Because until people see the value in it, there's no value in it. You know, mm. that you might see it as really useful, but until they see it as useful, then the, the, there's nothing there. It's, I've had to, We were really, really sort of. Well, we weren't really, really, you know, secretive, but we th- we thought we had to be. We had to protect our data an awful lot more. Mm. And that actually isn't the main problem. It's getting people to use the data. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. People oh. stealing people stealing idea idea has not been
0: our problem. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to hear more examples of that, just to expose that to people that it's definitely a thing that you should just tell people about. And yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. It's always good to hear. Yeah, more examples. But yeah, moving on to the future, what do you think is the next big thing in marketing?
1: Well, the next big thing might be actually the the, the last old thing. One of the things is we are finding that people are really good at ignoring ads, and the platforms where you could, where people ignore ads are also the platforms that have the most technology attached to them. <laughs> so you have all of this personalization data and targeting data and so like that. So you go on a website and you will be targeted with a specific brilliant ad in a perfectly targeted ad or something, or you, and then you go on your phone. And how do they know this? But it's on your phone as well. And you have all of this effort and engagement turning into, into this sort of personalization of marketing so it's all exactly right for you Sam and me Mike and you know the you, you, you listeners out there it's all, the, all, the, um, all perfectly targeted to them and what we find actually is that that is on the assumption that people give a monkey's about advertising but what we find is that people don't give a monkey's about advertising and the most effective media seem to be not the really super targeted ones, but just the real sort of broadcast ones. You know, the, 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 because people don't really care about ads, they don't really give much attention to these targeted things, so all the special like offers just for you. But whereas when they're watching TV or they're streaming, you know, content on their, on their phones or something like that, then they'll hear about, um, they'll be quite happy to hear about uh, a product or a service in general. Um, you know, similarly, when you're walking down the street, you do notice posters. <laughs> you might not notice them to be pers- perfectly personalised or anything, but you might say, like, "There's a Coca-Cola poster there," and then you, it reminds you of all the things you know about Coca-Cola, and you might be a tiny bit more likely to to, to buy a, uh, a Coke afterwards. So, what I think is 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 there'll be a resurgence of the bigger, more broadcast media. And I think that also has an effect probably for postery as well, mm. because what you're doing there with your business is basically sending people a poster, mm. a beautiful, exactly. nice poster, you know, and, 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 and you know, it's necessarily elegant and it's necessarily simple and, sort of, you know, and it, I bet that people, when they get, when that comes through the door, they might give those sorts of things. poah, I don't know, but five seconds of attention, <laughs> mm. which is the equivalent of five or ten ads, you know. Yeah. Uh, but so that that's why I think that probably the the future of the marketing is probably to to go back to what we used to know about it. That advertising is fairly superficial. That. It doesn't targeting isn't really that important, that people don't really care about your products. But because they don't really care, that means that they can be quite easily swayed when products are at parity. You know, if you Mm -hmm. have two tins of beans, you'll probably go for Heinz. (laughs) You know. You know, and that's how most marketing works. It's not it's not a a deeply persuasive model, it's far more sort of top of mind awareness sort of thing. And we knew that as an industry ten years ago or fifteen years ago. So a lot of academic research to, to back that up. And then since Facebook and uh, has come in and, and programmatic advertising has come in for for, for digital, we've forgotten mm. all that. But it turns out we were right ten years ago, you know. The yeah, people were wrong. Zuckerberg is wrong about how advertising works. Mm. It's not about these high engagement things. It's just yeah. it's, more it's building a beneficial thing.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I had a debate with my co founder once when I was talking about like is. SS- advert for something and it be in broadcast I was like, oh, I just don't care about that. And it's like, oh, you're definitely more likely to buy Robinsons now than you probably were before. And I'm like, I just don't think I am. I just don't give a shit about brands or advertising and if there's like a cheaper version, I buy that. And then he then actually won the argument because it was like, okay, well, actually, if someone's in my kitchen and looking at what I bought, I would prefer them to see me with like the better thing than like the Tesco's Basics a little bit. Or if I was ever like, buying it for someone else, I'd definitely go with a bigger brand actually, yeah. despite thinking of myself as someone that doesn't care about brands, it's still having a slight effect on me, even well, then. Well, and, and
1: there are some things that people care about, mm. and some people care about. I mean, it's interesting, I bet there's a whole load of software brands that mm. you take really seriously. Yeah. You know, the, I don't know, but perhaps, we're well, certainly hardware brands, Apple oh, yeah. rather than... The, and you go, as computers, there's not much to distinguish between them, really, mm. but there's a whole load of... You know, whereas your choice of toilet cleaner doesn't really say anything about you. Mm. And so you, you know, in those sorts of, so, and that's what the interesting thing about it, that the world is, uh, you know, is that there are lots of different people who make up the world. But in general, in general, none of us really care about brands. Mm. <laughs> and so they work in a very superficial way. Yeah. Um, whatever it is. Um, and I buy Apple products, I don't really care one way or another, but I'm fairly sure that what swayed me to buy Apple things is probably just the idea they're a bit cooler than mm. the, 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 the the PC products and stuff and that is a crap reason for spending a thousand pounds on a computer.
0: Do you have any brands that are your favorite for a good reason at all?
1: Yeah I mean those I love um, I I drive a Toyota Prius and it's a good car but it's also quite a, you know it's a, it's a more ethical certain choice uh, there. And it, I, I, really like, I really like Frank Cooper's marmalade because it's a really good marmalade. I mean, there's loads of things that you know, when you buy stuff, you buy it because, mm. because you like it. And that's a good enough reason, I think, especially when you've got parity between the, you know, uh, the products. There really isn't an awful lot of, um, in, in, at, at late stage capitalism, most products are pretty similar to one another. I mean, the difference, of course, is that there's only one company on earth that can do eye tracking, like Lumen. <laughs> uh, we're totally unique, you know? and I imagine Post-treat is has its own expertise and stuff like that. About, it. but um, you know, the decisions we make about most things we don't care about, we don't spend a long time on. But then, when it is really, really important, sort of money or a lot of ego mm. involved, then we spend tons of time. So that was Mike Follett from
0: Lumen's research. What a brilliant set of advice he gave us. I certainly feel a lot wiser thanks to this conversation. Now, next week, we have Matt Brady on the podcast, the ex-CMO of Just Eat. He joined the business in the early days and directed their marketing through the interstellar growth that they experienced all the way to their IPO, where he then retired with his many millions. A happy guy. So, he is the man behind the infamous Don't Cook, Just Eat campaign, And just stay tuned for a whole lot of wisdom to come your way. You just listened to an episode of Marketing Mindset. Please hit subscribe and tell all your marketing and business buddies they need marketing mindset in their lives. If you're feeling generous or bored, then invest 20 seconds in leaving us a good rating, and we should be very grateful.